Ah, oh, God, Chris, doesn't it feel good to be back home? Oh, fuck yeah, but, uh, Bill, I got a question for you. Where the hell did you get that horse? Oh, oh, oh Blue Ball's here? This is the fucking horse that was stuck outside the Denver International Airport. You know, the trip you didn't join me on? Oh, that's, you know, that was a very unfortunate scenario there. I I wanted to be there. I really did. Uh, I bet you did. But at least I got this new fucking pet out of the deal. And I was thinking maybe uh, we go horseback riding through uh, this beautiful region known as the Hudson Valley. There's a number of trails and sights to see. Hop on, Chris. There's nothing uh, I'd rather do more than jump on the back of a haunted blue horse with red eyes by the name Blue Balls. Lead the way. (laughs) All right, Chris, hop on. Whoa, whoa, easy, Blue Balls. Easy, easy, easy. Episode number nine of the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, this is a very, very, very special episode. My man, we've made it home. We are back home in the beautiful Hudson Valley. But before we do anything else, millions and millions of people around the world need to know. I mean, they are fucking dying to know. Chris, how are you? Well, we may be home, Bill, but how am I going to get fucked this episode? No, no, no. <laughs> well, if you—that's re- what I want to know. If you recall, uh, I had spent a little time by myself in the Denver airport, thanks to uh, you last week, bud. Listen, I did not know the plane was going to take off like that. Um, <laughs> But I, I figured since it was, I might as well bid you a farewell. Oh, that was very kind of you. Very kind of you. And it was uh, nice of uh, old Blue Balls to uh, help me escape. <laughs> Save the day. <laughs> uh, but what's going on in uh, your world, Chris? Besides uh, the coronavirus taking over everything? Or- oh, my God. If I wash my fucking hands anymore, I'm, I'm going to be is Mr. That- Bone Jangles, it might be named. Is that why you uh, showed up to the studio shirtless today? Huh? Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Bill. Oh, you're scr- <laughs> you're, <kidding. laughs> you're scrubbing yourself down tonight, aren't you, boy? <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry, guys. Tonight, I, I mean, I'm a little out of it. I'm I'm just excited to be back home. We are here in the beautiful Hudson Valley, New York, and what we're going to be doing tonight is a little bit different than what we've done thus far. Tonight, we are going to be taking a tour. We're not going to be focusing on one place alone, Chris. Tonight, we're going to be making quite a few stops. And the one thing that the Hudson Valley is known for is its beautiful scenery. We're going from Dutchess County to Ulster County to Rockland. We're going to be cutting across back to Dutchess. And in that small little route that we're taking... There are three massive psychiatric centers that we're going to be visiting tonight. So what's that say about us, Chris? <laughs> Maybe we're a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, well, all I can say is thank God these places are fucking shut down. 
and especially when we get into the history of them, because they don't sound like anything I would want to be part of. But well, all right. the first be staying a few nights. <laughs> it's a, it's funny that you say that, Chris, because we actually are going to be staying at this first place that we're bringing up for our Halloween. And I am copywriting this phrase, spooktacular, which is going to be taking place later this fall. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. Yes, we are going to be staying at the Shanley Hotel located in beautiful Napanock, New York. The place is actually still open and it's running. You can stay there. They actually offer a variety of, you know, paranormal events. So it seems like a very interesting place and a place that Chris and I, like you said, are going to for our Halloween spook, S-P-O-O-K-tacular. Never heard that before. <laughs> no, I'm copywriting that one. So <clears throat> there is a rich or do I want to say rich or do I want to say infamous history associated with uh, this place? And there's been no shortage of paranormal uh, activity taking place there or reported from the hotel owners and the patrons of the place. And now it doesn't look like a, I don't want to put this. It doesn't look like a a five-star hotel. (laughs) Does it Chris? To say the least. um, Geez. How could I best describe this place without, um, Offending the owners. Well, we don't want to do that because they're going to. We're we're in dangerous enough territory as soon as we fucking roll in there. But this place does look. Fuck with us. If you do look at the side of the building, it's eerily reminiscent to the uh, Amityville Horror House before that Mm. was reconstructed. Let's just say that the Shanley is in need of a nice uh, paint job and maybe. Maybe some uh, shrubbery or something out front to uh, lighten the mood. Construction of the building initially took place in 1845. So this is how far back this fucking place goes. Um, And I don't believe there's not much backstory there until the place was purchased by James and Beatrice Shanley and still holds that name today. And that property was purchased in 1906. And this place was booming at one point because... There are reports that Thomas Edison and Eleanor Roosevelt herself... Notice how I didn't say Roosevelt. I put the uh, extra O in there, Chris. Roosevelt once stayed at this hotel. You have this very long historical backdrop to this place of all these famous characters from the past staying there. But you also have tons of tragedies that had taken place. Apparently, the the Shanleys just had... Shit for luck. I mean, my God, it says that the location had always seemed somewhat bizarre and cursed because according to the facts that I have here, the Shanleys had lost three children in that fucking home before their first birthday. So three kids, three of their children died before the age of one in that home. And then following that, In 1911, one of the hotel's employees, who I believe he was a barber, his daughter had died. She had apparently run across the street and fell into a nearby well. And that well, believe it or not, is still located across the street. I think it may be covered with some sort of like a 
a facade on it of some sort, like a concrete barrier now, but apparently it's still located right there. God, can you imagine that? First of all, like how deep is the well? You like you picture like one of those wells with like the bucket drops like twenty feet yeah. into the well, and like it's got the crank on the side. I don't know what kind of system it was. If there was running water there, or if it was just kind of like, like you said, a deep well or a shallow well. But for a small child, you don't need a, a large uh, body of water. You know, you can. You know, who knows if she fell, hit her head, or just panicked and, you know... Oh, just one, drowned or One something way or the like, other, she just drowned right there, you know? Jesus. It's fucking terrible. They bought this place in 1906, and already by 1911, there's been four deaths at this place, including three of their own children. I mean, this is just... I. If this was me, I, I would have sold this place already. There's too many, there's too many bad, horrible memories to continue on at this place. I would have I would have left. But so so we move on. In nineteen eighteen, Beatrice Shanley, the the wife um who owns this this hotel, her sister dies in this hotel from the flu. I mean, granted this is nineteen eighteen, so when we're talking about the flu, it was a it was a big deal back well, then. Look where we are now, pal. We're yeah. in twenty twenty and we're dealing <laughs> we're with uh, a, something very similar. Yeah. And I, I mean back then obviously you don't have the same <clears throat> the same type of health care as you do now, but you know, it's still another death to tally at this place. And then uh so now in, in the nineteen twenties uh our, they build a bordello in the hotel uh, where liquor <laughs> where liquor was sold during the prohibition. They have this bordello built in the hotel where they're they're selling liquor. So you can imagine this is a you know who who knows how many places were like this throughout the Hudson Valley, right? Because you're you're heading north, you're further into the country, right? So you're kind of away from you know a lot of things. So I, I can imagine prohibition was. Things were probably flourishing in upstate New York, or it's not really upstate New York, but further north. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm assuming the more space and the more privacy that you had, the yeah. obviously the more you could kind of get away with. And, uh, you know, it would draw more crowds for people that were into uh, that kind of thing. Like you, Chris. So this fucking place, I mean, the, the history is crazy. So the place was, like I said, the first brick was apparently laid down in 45, but, you know, 20 years later, the Shanleys buy the place, and from 1906 on, all hell breaks fucking loose here, right? So the Shanleys move in, three of their children die under the age of one, you know, so the three dead kids before they reach their first birthday, which I don't even know how you recover from something like that as a couple, but apparently they did. And then, you know, moving forward, they had an employee there who, whose daughter ran across the street, I guess un, unknowingly, or the kid was outside playing. She falls into the well. She drowns. And a few years after that, Beatrice's sister dies from the flu. And I guess trying to make money, you know, and... When you when all you have all these deaths in in less than uh, you know what a two decade period you can have trouble drawing people and especially at that point I can't imagine that Napa New York was uh, the epicenter 
of uh, the universe. <laughs> so they are probably having trouble sustaining any kind of regular business. So that's when they opened up the bordello, which is uh, what do you uh, what do you do in a bordello, Chris? I know you've been to a bunch of them. I'm not really sure. I, mean, I have never been, so I'm not certain what happens there. But maybe, maybe you can um, enlighten us. I'm not exactly sure that I've ever been to one, Bill, but uh, uh, it's basically a brothel. Oh, um, oh okay. Okay. So, uh, y- you know, oh, stuff so happens. Stuff happens there. Okay. So, as we said, in the 20s, it was a bordello, and they were smuggling the liquor in there and selling liquor, which is great. You know, that, that that's all well and good during the Prohibition. So you can imagine, though, what kind of trouble that led into, because there were a number of other deaths that took place there. What's so fucking crazy, too, is that there are actual reports that they used the fucking basement as a morgue at one at one point or another. So, I mean, if you have a oh, yeah, that's great. If you have a hotel or a bed and breakfast. <laughs> The last thing you kind of want, I mean, for, for your amenities would be uh, a morgue on premises. Am I right? I just want everyone to rest assured that if you do die, we have a morgue located two flights down. <laughs> but there I don't are, know if I want to stay there. But Well, you know, we'll, we're going to do it for the, uh, for the Halloween episode, but we'll see what happens at that time. Uh, God bless us. So now... <laughs> This place is fucking... It's it's fairly well known. It's even been on an episode of that show, uh, Ghost Hunters. And I don't think that's the one with the fucking guy with the hair, is it? You know, the guy the, the guy with the hair who always sees shit as soon as the camera pans away? <laughs> yeah. Remember the guy? Remember we were watching one episode and the guy was supposedly getting uh, fucking possessed? <laughs> oh, God. Some of these things are really ridiculous. Like, the whole, like... Fucking stupid... Like, as if they're... Oh, did you see that? Oh, no, and, and the camera somehow just misses it. Little ball rolls past. <laughs> yeah. Like, if 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 anyone is going to to make a scene look more dramatic, it's going to be something on TV. I mean, they, they could control everything. Oh, they could it, control the whole stage. Absolutely. It's just it's so fucking stupid. Even with these guys when they're recording these shows, it still must play fucking tricks on your mind because, you know, you know the back, you know, you know the history of the place and they're generally filming these things with, you know, the lights out and all the shit and you got all this like ghost fucking reading equipment around you. So, I mean, there's an element where it would start freaking you out, I bet, even if you know. I mean, but they're obviously they're playing it up for the ratings as well. But there's got to be something there because this place has had over fucking 20 owners, you know, so people just keep coming and going. And I think there's money to be made here because they, they, they're advertising it as a haunted house and, you know, people are into that shit and they hold seances there. So, you know, that can generate a lot of uh, income. But apparently there are like... Uh, secret underground passages in this place and you know how all these old houses were fucking built I mean who knows what's lurking in in anything under floorboards behind walls you just don't know first of all if you're going to stay at this place most likely it's because you're you think it's haunted right I don't think anyone's going to stay at this place for a nice lovely bed and breakfast stay. yeah you go you're going there with uh, one one purpose and that's why we're going there that being said your mind's gonna play tricks with you because you're already expecting something to happen. Now, if you go to sleep in this place and there's 
no noise tonight, and you hear one little fucking creak, you're gonna already be suspicious of something. And now, like, some of the things mentioned here about what people are seeing. So, like, um, James Shanley whistles, smells of tobacco, and wanders the hallways. Like, all of a sudden, you might you might start smelling tobacco, you know? Like, I'm not saying that this isn't true. All I'm saying is if I smell tobacco in the middle of the night, knowing that this is one of the hauntings in this place, I'm jumping out the fucking top window. <laughs> well, you're not kidding. And, you know, they add to it, too, because the fucking rooms are named after some of the women that had passed away there. I don't know what the fuck the names are, but the names are over the room. And if you look at some of the videos online, you know, in the rooms they have these creepy ass looking Victorian dolls so I mean we're gonna have to deal with these things I don't think you can even throw those things out into the hallway you know so it's like we're gonna have to deal with these goddamn things and it's there's that whole creep element and the place it just does it's it's dimly lit it's old you know the history people have fucking died there I mean there was even a kid was killed when he was hit by a car outside so, I mean, there's just, you know, there's bad luck. There's just an ominous vibe to this place. Let's look at this place, Chris, all in all. What are we thinking? Do we think there's anything uh, odd going on here, or do we think that it's being built up for financial gain? I'm going to say both, and I'm going to say I will say that with what's gone on in a place like this and, and because of how old it is, there's, there's too much history here not only inside the house but outside the house just on the grounds in general and uh i i if if there's hauntings this place is haunted okay no doubt fair enough so i am going to agree with you on this one i don't like the looks of this place it reminds me of the amityville house which always scared the shit out of me as a kid my father actually took me he lived in long island and i grew up in yonkers so he would come and get me, and he'd take me down out to Long Island and drive me past the fucking house before it was reconstructed. So I actually saw the original house that all those murders took place in, and it just <laughs> stuck in my head. I mean, I don't think that's something you really should expose a, a, a little uh, <laughs> seven-year-old kid to, but, uh, you know, I, nonetheless, it happened. But this, this fucking hotel reminds me of that, you know? So I don't like the look of it. I don't like the fact that people have died in it. Um, I don't like the fact that there were three kids that died before the age of one. And so I'm a little suspect of what went on there. Um, then the tragedy yeah. of the little girl that fell into the well. I don't like any of it. I do think they're capitalizing on it, which is fine. And uh, because we're going in and I bet we're going to be scared <laughs> shitless come October. So, yeah. yes, I am going haunted <laughs> and we don't even have to uh, bet each other how much we'll, we would no. need to be paid because we're staying there for fucking so, free we are we're staying we're paying them and we're actually fucking paying them so we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to do a live episode that night and we'll see how long we can uh stay there because you know my kids get upset when i'm not home chris so i might stay for the, oh, yeah. i might stay for the first part of the night and then bud i promise you i will be with you uh via any technological device that you choose because we're in this I'm, together bud I'm already expecting to feel a little ill that day, so <laughs> not sure I can make it. All right, so uh, let's get the fuck out of Napanuck. All right, Blue Balls, where are we going next, bud? All right, Chris, 
let's head south. We're going to stay on the western side of the uh, beautiful Hudson River. And we are going to uh, make our way to <laughs> the infamous, and do I mean infamous, Letchworth Village located in Rockland County, New York. For those of you that don't know, Letchworth was a psychiatric hospital that opened in 1911. So you could imagine what kind of stuff had gone on there with the way that the mentally ill and the uh, physically disabled were treated over a hundred years ago. So anytime you're dealing with a psychiatric center from the past, especially when it's been closed for various, you know, violations or whatever the reasoning being, and a center like this that has a history of people that are suffering from tragic mental illnesses where, you know, there's a sense of, uh, there's just a, a sense of foreboding throughout the whole institution, I would imagine. So you couple those things together and you're going to have a recipe for paranormal activity if you believe in that sort of thing so i'm not saying i do i, I, I guess i do to an extent <laughs> but with looking at this yeah. place i fucking definitely do so uh do you want to give us a quick little backdrop on some of the uh, some of the things that went on here so first of all very unfortunate times this this far back like you're mentioning you know it's people who are mentally unstable have you know, mental illness. They are not treated the same way as one would be treated today. And you've probably heard a lot of things about, you know, even in like uh, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Romeo Fuck. and Juliet. <laughs> Fuck, what was the name of that movie with him about the insane asylum? Um, what's eating at Gilbert Grape? Oh, Shutter Island. Oh. So you've probably heard you know in different you know different parts of history anything involving insane asylums about how about how you know research in quotes was done uh tests different types of you know um experimental tests and so you kind of get this in the back of your head when you hear about insane asylums that are abandoned uh like the movie shutter island uh with leonardo dicaprio uh, that's that's like the first thing that pops in your head. You just think of a creepy stone building, like set deep in the woods, or uh, you know, that's just got this really well, kind of. I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Well, that, that's exactly yeah. what this fucking place is. It's set back in the woods. <laughs> There's over two thousand three hundred acres here, and I believe in total there's a hundred and thirty buildings. So. Just imagine how many patients they were able to house at this complex, you know? And so you're, you go back in history and you can hear, you know, there's all sorts of stories of like a variety of people were just thrown into these institutions that weren't even fucking sick. Yeah. And they started using some of them as basically guinea pigs, you know? And specifically at Letchworth, it was involving the polio vaccination. They started using children for the first time, I believe, in February of 1950. Apparently, they had a good reputation, but these experiments then took on a darker turn when there were side effects. They weren't acting as a cure to polio, but, but rather 
making these kids sick. A lot of these kids that were there weren't even mentally ill. They, they just continued to run these fucking tests over and over and over and testing different vaccines on these kids, like not knowing what the fucking side effects were. Yeah, basically just using them like a lab rat. Yeah. You know, back then where you're, you know, you're probably not scrutinized as much as an establishment like this. Obviously, no, what, what they consider to be, you know, um, inhumane was a little different back then. And, you know, places like this just slip under the radar. You know, you're further up north. Like we said, there's so many of these insane asylums and psych wards north, mostly probably because of the real estate. And because they're away where no one knows where they are. Yeah, nobody knows where they are. Where, gonna, right. They're not going to look into it. They can't fucking so, run anywhere. Right. Exactly. All this acreage. And basically, you know, it's, it's you know, you're probably talking about something that's fenced in or gated. It goes back to the fucking beginning with this place. So initially it was seen as having a very good reputation and a, a, a way to provide um, a more humane way to deal with the mentally ill. But there was a report in 1921 that was presented and they had categorized the patients into three categories. And these fucking assholes had the nerve to label these patients into three categories of quote unquote feeble mindedness. So they had the moron group, the imbecile group, and the idiot group. Now, first off, you gotta be, that's just, that's just you're, you're a fucking asshole for naming or, or mocking somebody with a, a mental illness like that. And I don't give a shit if it's from fucking 1920. I don't want to hear, well, it was a different time, blah, blah, blah. Because not everybody back then was an asshole. And this collective group <laughs> of assholes who came up with this three-group system, I mean, if they're naming the group that and they're viewing the patient's in this manner, imagine what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, if they're 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 naming, if this is their naming system, and you know what they're capable of, this place got huge. Okay, so it was home to 1200 in 1921, right? And then by by the 1950s, it was at 4,000. So whatever these people are doing, they're just they're getting away with it, and they're increasing. Their, their amount of people that are coming into this place, which is crazy. I, I mean, just think about it, because back then you didn't have the social media vehicle that you do today. So this would get out and it would be around the world in fucking five minutes. So back then, though, you're hearing this, so it comes across as hearsay. But imagine being a parent of uh, a child who had a disability and you hear that they're putting him into the moron group or the idiot group i'd fucking kill yeah, these people clearly don't don't care about no i mean they don't. from what i'm gathering they don't give a shit about who they're dropping off either obviously not being able to unless they think this place is reputable which i'm assuming they did if it's growing as much as it did in those I 30 mean, years I, but you, you obviously have workers there like direct care nurses doctors so you have to have I'm sure there were an abundance of, uh, of people there that cared about these children. But what happens often with these places is lack of funding and then they don't have enough staff. It's a stressful job. You know, people burn out. So you then rely on one or two or three staff members to deal with a room full of fucking 
you know, yeah. people with or, uh, mental disabilities in, and you know, right. it's just impossible. Or you just basically get to the point where you're you're begging people to work there just to get staff, and then oh, yeah. your your selection is is not nearly as critical as it should be uh, for a staff. You know, to take care of people like this, it's a tough job. And this is this is when things go south. As early as 1921 is when the rumors started coming out about this mistreatment. So, so like, and that continues. So, it, nothing got exposed within these institutions. And that is when my man Gerardo Rivera came on the scene and did that fucking expose on that fucking psychiatric center down in Staten Island called Willowbrook. So he was invited in there by a doctor who blew the whistle. And so and I've seen this fucking uh, th- this piece. Geraldo hops over mm-hmm. the fucking fence and they start filming this. And it's disturbing. You have kids laying in the ground naked some look like they're fucking chained up there's they're sitting in their own shit and piss they're shoving food in their mouths it's just it's so disturbing especially when you view it through the the video camera in the 1970s so you imagine that grainy aspect to it too and that just adds to it what he did was one of the greatest things in journalism ever man exposing these fucking places and bringing it down so you can imagine how many lives were saved because once you expose these things now all of a sudden now people want to change and they want you know they, they want to see that change because you know the outside yeah. public if you don't have anybody there or if you're not visiting you're not going to know that this is going on because a lot of these fucking people were nonverbal. some of them were deranged so you know they, they probably weren't even being believed if they were able to communicate what was happening and now granted that like we talked about before, there was just not enough staff. But if you see a, a child laying its own piss and shit and eating God knows what naked on the floor, I, you kind of put down what you're doing and help them. Right? And yeah. I, mean, I, fucking, I mean, I'm not trying to virtue signal here, but my God, do something. So when Rivera went into this fucking thing, he described it as one of the sickest things he's ever seen in his life. And he goes, but... What was even more disturbing was the smell of the place. So you could imagine, just like I said, shit and piss, probably rotted food, you know, bodies that have been unbathed for who fucking knows how long. Probably fucking vomit everywhere. God, it's fucking terrible. Our fun tour of the Hudson Valley is is getting dark and depressed. I mean, this is what we're, uh, this is what the podcast's all about. You know, we're trying to reveal these. I'm getting pissed off. I know, I know. And you, obviously you can imagine that this wasn't the only place doing this kind of stuff. No, no way. So. Because, you know, Willowbrook was the one that got caught. Um, but who knows what was going on at these other places, you know? Especially ones that were farther away. Geraldo probably only went to Willowbrook because that doctor blew the whistle. But also, it was yeah. in New York City. I mean, it was in Staten Island, so it was it was right there for him to fucking uh, get to. And thank God that fucking happened because that so, changed that changed everything. Yeah. To to wrap this this place up, the place eventually gets closed for good in '96, and the buildings, uh, as you could see, have you know it's become a ghost town, um, and they're you know everything has been abandoned. But the kind of eerie thing, really, about this is. There's a there's a kind of a tribute to the, the, the people that lost their lives at this place. Um, so there, there's there's a cemetery that's got a bunch of graves, 
And there's a memorial stone that says, those who shall not be forgotten. And it lists hundreds of names, and the grave markers bear only serial numbers assigned to the dead. God, man. I mean, that's just, like, freaky. That is just fucking, yeah. And it just, God, it, it, it fucking pisses me off. Fucking, yeah. it just fucking, God, I, I don't understand. Just I, disregard I, for life. God, yeah, yeah absolutely. Just dis- disregard for human decency. Anybody that goes inside the building or just walks around the grounds, they all say the same thing. There is such a dark feeling that overcomes you when you're in this place. And to me, that's that energy of the suffering that went on there. So, I mean, you're not getting me in that place. That's one place I will not go. (laughs) But let's... Answer the question here, Chris. Do we think that there would be some paranormal stuff going on here if we were to explore? Without a doubt, in my mind, I, I, you know, obviously, I don't, you know, you've heard spirits are uh, are more active. The ones that in their lifetime were, you know, abused. The thing here, too, it's it's not even just one person haunting. I mean, you're talking decades upon decades of abuse and just think of all the deaths that took place and, and according to these reports the torture so I mean right. you combine all that together believe you what you want ghosts. there is some negative energy there and you're getting fucked I definitely believe that this place has haunting potential yes absolutely the place is 100% haunted and you're not like I said you're not getting me to go there at all but uh let's get out of here bud we gotta go across the mid Hudson Bridge and I think Blue Balls just took a massive shit outside, so let's get out of here before anybody shows up. Before we hit rush hour traffic. (laughs) All right, onward now. We are going eastbound across the beautiful Hudson River. Back to our side of the river, Chris. Oh, yeah. All right, the beautiful side of the river. That was nice, and that wasn't necessary. I don't know why I said it. But anyway, (laughs) we are now in beautiful Poughkeepsie, New York. What do you think, Chris? Is this place beautiful or what? Uh, it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> Take a good look around. Oh, duck down, pal. Duck. We are across the street from the beautiful Marist College campus. It is absolutely breathtaking. Look across the street from Marist. You're going to see another psychiatric center. So I guess technically this place is in Hyde Park. But I don't know. I've always referred to it as Poughkeepsie. So... We are now at the Mid-Hudson Psychiatric Center, also known as the Hudson River State Hospital. This place had a little bit better of a reputation. Am I right, Chris? Yeah. I mean, the place, it's yeah. old. <laughs> the, the, the hospital opened in uh, 1871. So, I mean, we have a very long history here. And the campus itself, which is now basically being torn down and deteriorated, but if you look back on its history, it was a beautiful campus and overlooked the Hudson. And I think this place was probably a step up from Letchworth Village. But it just so happens when we were researching this episode, what did we find out about this place? We're going to just stop in quick and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, upon doing uh, the vast amount of research that we do for these cases, um, it appears that we across a murder that took place on the premises 
Uh, five years from, you guessed it, today. Absolutely. Uh, How fucking crazy is that? <laughs> it's a little too freaky, actually. But, you know, you think about it. I mean, how um, uncommon is a murder in Poughkeepsie? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, God rest this, this, this person's soul. I mean, it's terrible. But, like I said, this place is abandoned. And it's you can find a lot of videos online, too, and see for yourself. There's a lot of, like, or urban exploration that goes on in this place. And it has, like I said, a little bit better of a history. There's not as many claims of uh, mental and physical abuse. I think the issue here was just a matter of funding and uh, different programming as we moved forward in a, in a more humane way of uh, treating the mentally ill. So eventually, you know, this place closed. But I believe now, Chris, it's being turned into a, <laughs> uh, like a little big and have a, a nice little play area, some apartments. Uh, shopping, oh. so it might be a place you want to look into getting an apartment. <laughs> Not at gunpoint. <laughs> All right, so where are we headed now? Let's get the. Fu- I got to get out of here. Let's let's take a little quick breather from the mental asylums and head out to uh, beautiful Millbrook, New York. Now there could be nothing out here that is going to look haunted or eerie. This is beautiful country. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a nice winery in Millbrook, uh, but there also is another abandoned building. Oh, now this fucking place. This is one of the creepiest looking places I've ever seen. It's called Bennett College, right? And it's located in the village of Millbrook. And I'm sure anybody that lives in the area knows it. It's fenced off now, but you can get a really good view from it right from the road. I stopped by here one time, and like you said, it was gated off. You could kind of, you could still see, like, one side of the building was just, like, falling apart, so you could see inside it a little. But surrounding this, this the top of this this college were vultures. And, dude, I kid you not, one of them landed right on top of the building as I was standing right near the fence, and the thing's wings were just... I almost looked like it was like a gargoyle. <laughs> I was like, all right, time to go. It's terrible because who the hell knows what's dead inside that goddamn thing? Right, do you have two vultures? I mean, that this, they symbolize death. Yeah, I mean, man. it's just like... That place is like... It, <laughs> it's so funny because I, I, I took a couple of pictures of it and I, I you know edited them to make them black and white. But it's like when I go there, isn't the fucking place black and white? It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. color is, is fucking gone from the universe. You're looking at this place. It's, just, it's for some reason... The, the clouds are fucking always gray. The, the building is a black and gray and white. It's crazy. Like all sense of life goes out the fucking drain. Yeah, it, it's. And it's what, what makes it crazy is that this place was once a thriving college, you know, and it's a beautiful building. And Millbrook, Millbrook is a fucking town that has yeah. a lot of money, so it just makes yeah. no sense why nothing was ever done here, you know. Like, I believe it closed in '78, so. God, almost 45 years this thing's been abandoned and just left to rot. And, you know, there have been a couple of paranormal investigators that have gone in there. And they said that the hot spots within this place are located in the basement. So God knows what the fuck. Isn't everything? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not getting me. You're not getting me on any level of this fucking place. 
No, thanks. Um, but especially I'm not going in that goddamn basement. But, yeah, if you guys get a chance, just Google Bennett College in Millbrook, New York, and you're going to see there's there's a, a dark <laughs> there's a dark element to this place. And um, I just don't know why it was never restored or why at this point it's just not torn down, you know? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think they are doing something with it because the, the, the fencing, other than the fact they're probably trying to keep trespassers from going onto the, the grounds and potentially going inside this place that's falling apart and you know potentially dying from falling through a floor but i think that there actually might be plans for this place i'm not sure yet but um what's really cool is to look at some of the old pictures uh they have a couple pictures of like the reception hall and the dining hall oh it's crazy it was beautiful it looks yeah it looks like a terrific place back then but it just it reminds me a lot of uh the mohonk mountain house in um oh yeah 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 in uh new paltz but um apparently the the entire property was purchased in 2014 and the last update came in 2016 and they were not close to tearing it down so I mean, this thing might outlast all of us, Chris. <laughs> and with the way, and, and with the state of colleges these days, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe it'll reopen for a fucking uh, two hundred thousand dollars a semester. Yeah, <laughs> for a fucking useless liberal arts degree. <laughs> Why? I'm, I'm just, I am not in a good mood tonight, huh? God, very standoffish. Bill. Bill. <laughs> well, all right. So let's say goodbye to. The, I yeah, mean, there's not much going on. Uh, there's here. not much going on. It's a here. nice little stop. I wanted everybody to know about it look it up it's an interesting looking place and if you're into urban exploration like i am you'll really get a a kick out of all the um videos that are on youtube of this place just really interesting but yeah unless it's time to go chris let's head up route 22 we are now going up to dover new york we are at the harlem valley state hospital or otherwise known as the Harlem Valley Psychiatric Center. This place has not the greatest reputation around. It has closed also. Harlem Valley closed in 1994, and I believe it was opened for about 70 years. I think it was from 24 to 94, so they made it quite a long time. The other psych ward closed in 96. So it's kind of like they're cracking down on these things in the 90s. Oh, well, that's the thing, man. Yeah, I think a lot of it dealt with the new way of treating the mentally ill and a new mindset. And then also what it always comes down to is money and funding. So I think there just wasn't enough funding. The thing with this psychiatric center, um, it shares a lot of the same issues that Letchworth had where initially they were thought to be a pioneer in some form of mental treatment or therapy come to find out that it didn't work as well as planned out. So as we talked about with Letchworth with the polio vaccinations Harlem Valley had their own set of issues and they came up with a new type of um, therapy in the year 1927, so this is how far back we're going, called in insulin shock therapy. And <laughs> this that is fucking great. crazy. 
I don't know much about it, but apparently it's a psychiatric treatment where the fucking poor patient is injected with, with huge amounts of insulin on a daily basis, forcing them to go into a fucking coma. So Weeks. Yeah, I mean, and is that solving the issue or that's just fucking just like you're keeping the person alive just in a vegetative state? That's like the thought process behind a lot of these things. And, and obviously, I think with the lack of, of knowledge of how things work, too, this is all experimental. So, like, yeah. literally, like before, you could be you could be making a, the case even more severe or killing somebody all to test out this, this <laughs> drug or this method. It's fucking insane to me. Because imagine this shit. I mean, this shit's probably going on behind the scenes today. I mean... I'm probably naive for thinking it's not, but just imagine the, the mindset to treat another human being a, a, as a, a fucking test dummy. That's but crazy. That wasn't the only new therapy that this place had come up with. You know, they uh, also started initiating electroconvulsive therapy, what we more commonly know as electric shock therapy. Now, uh, electroconvulsive therapy which can also be called ECT, is basically administering uh, these brief electrical stimulations of the brain while the patient is under anesthesia. They did this apparently to, you know, patients that had severe, you know, depression or bipolar disorder. And I guess there were some favorable results with uh, the ECT treating depression. Apparently it's still being used today and it's been deemed by... um, the American Psychiatric Association as a way to uh, treat severe mental illness. And, I mean, that's not only in the United States. That's within Canada and Great Britain as well. So, you know, maybe they were on to something here, but... Yeah, but you got to imagine... Imagine the, the, lo- me- <laughs> the, the level of shocking that they were using. And I just imagine, the, 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 you know, because you talk about the inception of this. This was all the way back in 1941. So you can imagine... Fucking <laughs> car battery. The, the, the fucking, <laughs> you know, the, the test runs that were done here. Right, seriously, like, uh, let's uh, stick their finger in an outlet or something like that. Like, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it was, it was uh, a bit archaic and probably fucking savage-like. But, yeah, I mean, look, maybe this is how they determined... Who knows? Who knows? I'm not really sure where it all started, the electroshock therapy, like, when it, when it was discovered. But most of these places, I think, eventually get into shock therapy in these insane asylums as one of well, their treatments. Yeah, I would say with this place, I mean, there, there have been a number of um, uh, urban explorers. And this one's a little... This one's a little farther out of the way, you know. This one's... It's quite a fucking trek to get to. Thank God we have blue balls with us tonight. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be here. <laughs> so, uh, there's not as many videos online as there are of, uh, you know, the Hudson River and Letchworth. But, you know, from the investigations that I have seen, <clears throat> there have been claims of, you know, the, the, the typical paranormal normal shit that you would uh, suspect. Like... Hearing screams, footsteps, slamming of doors and shit like that where people have been in there at night. If you believe in that sort of thing, you would imagine that the, the, the grave nature of the, the, the stay that some of these patients had there. And, and I mean, I'm certain that some of them probably stayed there for a majority of their life. If you're just getting insulin therapy and you're being turned into a vegetable daily, I mean, I, I don't see much uh, promise for uh, 
being set free into society and succeeding. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I feel like this is this is the same case as the other one. I mean, like they're testing it on human subjects. This is not being tested on an you know, an animal. They're basically being treated like like lab rats, just like the other one. I mean, this is just such a common theme with these these old psychiatric centers. It's just crazy. Like I said, there's not much on this place except they are known for being a pioneer in the creation of different therapies, one being the insulin shock therapy and the other being the electroconvulsive therapy. One being successful and uh, the other not so much, I guess, you know? But it is what it is with this place and they are closed as well. So three mental institutions within, God, what do you want to say, 60 mile radius and all of them are abandoned, left to rot, closed, and there is obviously no more victimization going on here. Maybe a ghost or two, but I don't know. I don't want to stick around and find out. I don't know about you, Chris, but I've had enough of the Hudson Valley. Yeah, I, I, I think anybody ha- has had enough of it now at this point since oh. we've basically revealed every dark side to it. Oh, every dark crevice of this fucking place. Three fucking mental institution stops. In an hour? A place where fucking babies died before they turned one? Oh, my God. An old abandoned college? I'm done. I just want to get back to real life. Ugh, couldn't agree with you more. All right, everybody. That is going to conclude our tour of the Hudson Valley. So, Chris, before we park blue balls outside of this uh, restaurant here, let me just do a little bit of uh, housekeeping. That I just get really sick of making this spiel every week because I never get anything out of it. If you want to fucking email us, um, you can write us at uh, btcpod2020 at gmail. Nobody will, so it doesn't matter. You want to fucking talk to us on Facebook, that's uh, Between the Cracks Podcast. Nobody will. Um, One friend, Meredith, she'll chime in. That's about (laughs) it. Uh, And then we also have the Instagram page, which is Between the Cracks Podcast as well. I don't know. Throw us some bullshit. Just tell us you liked an episode. I don't even care if you did or not. Just fucking lie to me. Yeah. Or just tell us a place that you want us to look into, and we will. I will gladly send Bill to that location for research. <laughs> because we have something special next week. Because, guys, Chris and I are leaving the country again. And something tells me that Chris is going to be running into some rather familiar faces. But I'll leave it at that. Oh, shit. (laughs) So, all right, guys. Until next week, that is all she wrote for us. Next week, we're going into double digits. Oh, episode. We got to do something special. Episode number 10. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Maybe a piece of cake or something, Chris? (laughs) Well, yeah. All right, everybody. Until next week, we will see you later. Not bad. I'll have to edit that fucking long ass episode, man. Fuck.